It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. So third and goal, the ball inside the two, and O'Connell's out of the shotgun. Pocket holds to the end zone. What a catch! And he kept his feet down! Christian Wilkerson with the toe tap in the back of the end zone! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, kicking off three hours of Raider conversation, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, coming off the heels of JT The Brick Show. And uh, what a fantastic intro right there. The Christian Wilkerson, that that sounded good, right? The nice little touchdown, that sounded great. That was a great play. But I got to get my man Ari, who's back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. I got to give him a lot of props as he has his hands up in the air right now because he already knows. The minute I heard that Joe Budden pump it up, that was a wrap. Like, we could have just gone about three minutes long with that Joe Budden pump it up, man. I was such a big Joe Budden fan when that song came out, and I believe that he had maybe, you know, a couple more tracks that were really popular. I know he did pretty well for himself. Done, He's been doing podcasts, this, that, and the other. He stayed very relevant in the hip-hop world. But, man, when he hit with Pump It Up, it was a whole nother conversation. Matter of fact, I even had video games at the time. And what was that? He's on Def, Jeff Def Jam Vendetta? Yeah, Def yeah, Jam Vendetta. We gave that video game out as a prize at the radio station I was at in Fresno, at Q97. We gave that out. It was a Joe Budden pump it up type weekend or whatever the case nice. was. And we literally gave out autographed copies of Def Jam Vendetta. Now, I'm not saying the autograph was Joe Budden, but they were autographed. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the autograph then? It was an autograph. I didn't okay. say it was Joe Budden's autograph. It's, you got to read between Fair the enough. lines. You got to yep. get the fine lines. <laughs> It wasn't. I didn't say Joe Budden autographed it. I just said it was an autographed mm-hmm. copy of Def Jam Vendetta. So Come there on. you go. That could have been my boss. It could have been me. It could have been Joe Budden. I doubt it. As long as you're pumped up, that was the goal. So That's here we go. exactly what the goal is. On so excited Wednesday. to be with you, Raider Nation, for the next three hours. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, as we always do at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. And how can you not be motivated when you come into Joe Budden, pump it up? That just gets you even more fired up. So I'm definitely excited about the show and excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Before I say anything about the guests that we have coming up and we have lined up, I did want to go ahead and pass a little bit of roster news along as the Raiders just made official. I know it's been floating around Twitter anyway, but they just made it official about 20 minutes ago that they signed free agents. Defensive tackle Doug Costin and linebacker Isaac D'Arcangelo. Costin originally entered the league as an undrafted free agent with the Jaguars back in 2020. He played in 12 games with nine starts in total 32 tackles, three tackles for loss, two passes defense, one fumble recovery. Spent the 2021 season on the Jaguars practice squad. And then Dark Angelo is entering his rookie year in the league. Uh, he played two seasons at Illinois, six foot one, 230-pound linebacker, was named all Big Ten honorable mention as a senior after playing 13 games and leading the team with 71 tackles and adding seven and a half tackles for loss, one sack, and one fumble recovery. So there you go. The Raiders add a defensive tackle and a linebacker to the room in the final week of the preseason. And that could be for multiple reasons. Uh, we found out about Darian Butler uh, on yesterday that, that he's been put on IR, so his season is over. So, of course, they, their depth in the linebacker room took a little bit of a hit, and I think there was some pretty big expectations for Darian Butler to take a next step in his year two after being an undrafted free agent just a season ago. So uh, that could be a reason for the additions. Also the fact that preseason game number three is coming up on Saturday. right? They've got to add some – some guys to go out there and actually play because I don't expect to see, and we heard from head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today, we were over at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, and it doesn't sound like very many people 
uh, that you kind of want to see. Not many of the, the big-time players. Uh, doesn't sound like there'll be any kind of Jimmy G. There'll be guys that'll dress out, but there's not going to be guys that are going to be playing. A lot of guys that won't be playing on Saturday. So they could also be adding depth to the roster just to have some guys go out there and play and participate on Saturday. And then next week on the 29th is when they've got to cut down the roster to 53 men, of course, set their practice squad, so on and so forth. Uh, according to head coach Joshua Daniels, he, I don't know if he meant to tell us this or meant to say this, but I asked a question earlier today during the media session about the – the veterans that are on the team and the kind of the blend of the young guys on the team. And during the course of him answering the question, he said, well, you'll talk to Dave and champ tomorrow. So I noticed that Adam Hill noticed that Vinny Bonsignore noticed that Vic Tafer noticed that everybody who was in that room, Paul Gutierrez, we all noticed it and kind of looked at each other and said, okay, sounds like we're going to be talking with the GM and the assistant GM tomorrow. So that's something to look forward to. We haven't got the official word from the Raiders, but that's something that head coach Josh McDaniel said earlier today so again something that we're definitely looking forward to and don't know what time that's going to be at but that's anytime you get a chance to hear from Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly who I think are very sharp football minds that's some good stuff and of course they're going to prepare us if we do get to talk to him tomorrow like we expect to do we'll uh, be asking a lot of questions about roster and how they put it together and how they feel it is as I believe there's a lot of competition uh, on this roster right now I think that there's going to be some tough decisions made in the wide receiver room the cornerback room, the offensive line room. You know, the linebacker room is a little thin, but there's still going to be competition at those spots. So I think that there's going to be a lot of tough decisions made over the course of the next week or so when it comes to putting together this Raiders roster. So I anticipate hearing from Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly sometime tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully it's earlier in the day because I want to make sure that I'm there. Uh, my luck, he'll say, oh, yeah, they're going to meet at 2.30. Of course they are, <laughs> right? But if they do. Please believe we'll have it live. One, one way, one how. We'll be hearing from Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly. If we have to run it live on the show, we will. If it's on JT's show, then he'll probably run it live. Like, that's when the GM and the assistant GM speaks. It's like E.F. Hutton back in the day, right? When E.F. Hutton talks, everyone listens. Isn't that what the tagline was? I think that's what it was. I was a youngster when that, when that was something. When that was going on, Ari said, me too. <laughs> you ain't never been a youngster. But no, I'm kidding. You're still a youngster. But I think, wasn't E.F. Hutton that? Wasn't that it, Ari? You're asking the wrong young man. You don't here. remember that commercial? I thought they said when E.F. Hutton talks, everyone listens. I mean, Isn't that what they said? Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not going to sit here and be it like, was oh, that, yeah, I know. Well, it was that one. Well, you, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. It was that one, uh, and the other it. one that I always liked is, I want my money and I want it now. That I remember, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those oh, yeah. are the two. Those are the two that I remember. I think E.F. Hutton <laughs> was that cat that when everyone talks, everyone listens. So, uh, anyway, don't get me going on, to, on old school commercials. That'll really, that'll really play up to my old school name. Yeah, exactly. We'll have Vice Raider text it in and be like, hey, old school, remember E.F. Hutton? Ha, ha, ha. He's been out of business for years, right? I can, I can hear it now. So I'm making these jokes right themselves. I don't want to do that. But uh, anticipate hearing from Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly sometime tomorrow afternoon. Coming up on the show today, let's focus on today right now at 2.30. We got the all-lady lineup. I just realized that. As I look down at our, at our roster that we have, we got the all-lady lineup on today's show, which is fantastic. Coming up at 2.30, our good friend Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM NFL. Of course, Silver and Black show as well. She does a great job with Eric Allen and uh, covers the Raiders like a glove. She did that last year, did the whole year, and she's, going, she's back for year two. Uh, she covers the team. She's been out at training camp. She's seen the game. She's, like I said, on set with Eric Allen. So, of course, she knows a lot 
of, uh, of the, the, about the team and also just knows about NFL in general. So she'll join us at, at 2.30 to talk all things silver and black and what she's thinking about the team, what they've done so far through two preseason games, what she might expect to see on Saturday in the third preseason game, and how tough the roster will be to cut down and get to the 53-man roster where she thinks the, the biggest competitions uh, will be, what positions there's going to be the toughest uh, decisions at. So Amber Theo Harris will join us at 2.30. Around 3 o'clock, we'll play some of the sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels that we, we uh, got earlier today when we were at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. That'll be about 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, she'll join the show, talk all things aces, who I don't know if you saw, but, but uh, Asia Wilson, she's kind of good at basketball. She put in 53 points last night in their victory over the Dream. And actually, it was yesterday afternoon. It was an early tip-off. The game was actually being pl- uh, played on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. But right after the show got wrapped up, I think there was probably maybe 15 or 20 minutes left in, in the game, and I was able to watch the rest of it. And, yeah, Asia Wilson put on a hell of a performance, 53 points. Uh, that was a, a record for – that was a, a record for our um, – for the, w, for, for the Aces team, but it tied a record in WNBA. And uh, Ari pointed out that it was on our sister station, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. So, yeah, thank you, Ari, for that. I do appreciate you. So, Paloma will join us to talk all things Aces and also UNLV as they're getting ready for uh, their first game of the year. Uh, that's coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry. And uh, I really want to see – I know that Barry Odom wants to have an SEC-style team. So, if you're going to have an SEC-style team, they've got to be tough. Right, you've got to have uh, the trenches have got to be solid, the offensive line and defensive line. And I want to know because we haven't talked to, about the O-line, the D-line. We talked about the skill position. We talked about the defense, making plays. We talked about the quarterback, Doug Brumfield, a lot. We haven't talked about the trenches. So when we talk to Paloma coming up at 3.30, want to ask her what those offensive line and defensive line looks like. If you're going to have an SEC-style team, if that's the goal, you've got to be able to block and you've got to be able to penetrate, you know, be able to get to the quarterback, be able to get to the runner, and obviously block up front so uh, you can have a strong run game as well and protect the quarterback. So the trenches is where we'll focus when we talk UNLV with Paloma. That's coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, very happy to have that guest coming up at 4 o'clock, Andrea, Andrea Kramer. Uh, she does all kinds of stuff. I mean, she covers sports like a glove. She's been covering the NFL for a very, very long time. She's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. She's an a Emmy Emmy-winning uh, writer. I mean, she's just done just about everything. And so she's going to join the show to talk all things NFL. There's a lot going on in the NFL right now. And I don't know if you saw the news a little earlier today that, uh, that Trey Lance is now the third-string quarterback for the 49ers. And I, I would say that I'm surprised, but I'm really not. When they had the joint practices with the, the Raiders, Trey Lance didn't look very good. But for Kyle Shanahan to officially come out and say that Sam Darnold's won the backup spot, going to be behind Brock Purdy, and now all of a sudden Trey Lance is going to be at the number three spot. It feels to me like his time in, in San Fran, or Santa Clara like I like to call it, is, uh, is coming to a close. Like some point they've just got to cut bait and say, yeah, this ain't working. right? He hasn't had hardly any time on the grass about, what, four games he's played in his career after they gave up everything that they gave up. He's got to go somewhere where they can give him some attention and let him really just kind of like what the Colts are doing with Anthony Richardson. I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but they're like, hey, you don't have any experience. We're going to throw you out there, and we're going to let you get experience. Trey Lance, a lot of this is on him because he's been injured, doesn't have any experience. He's got to get out there, and he's got to get some run, and uh, I think that it's not going to happen anytime soon in San Francisco. So when Andrea Kramer joins the show, we'll talk all things Trey Lance. We'll talk about the situation with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, We'll ask her about Aiden O'Connell and the fact that he's been looking really good for the silver and black, Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's a lot of conversation that we'll have with Andrea Kramer, but she does everything. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Uh, Again, a Hall of Famer, uh, correspondent for HBO Real Sports, 
uh, co-host CBS Sports Network. We need to talk. That's an all-ladies show. She's on NFL Network. I mean, I don't think there's anything that she hasn't done. I matter of fact, I might just offer a, a show on Radio Nation Radio 920. And be like, you know what? I'll just come on in and do a show, right? We got a little spot right between the morning tailgate and JT. Why don't you just go ahead and slide in that little 10 to 12 spot, see what you could do. So, uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna uh, talk with her coming up at 4. That's going to be fun. And then, of course, reason or excuse we have coming up at 4.30. Ari will take over the Reels of Steel, and he's got some topics that he'll bring to the table. I'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. And, of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show. we got winning on the way as well. Remember, the number is 702-365-9200. And the WBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Of course, the show is being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas and my guy Mordecai. We'll tell you a lot more about him and them later on in the show and the great stuff that they do for the area of the Jewelers of Las Vegas. You can check them out online at thejewelers.com. So there you go. Amber Thier Harris, Paloma Villacana, Andrea Kramer joins the show all coming up this afternoon. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now, because of the time that the Raiders were practicing today, I wasn't able to stick around for that. I was there for the media session when Josh McDaniels was talking, which is important. Wanted to be there for that, wanted to get a couple questions in, asked about Chandler Jones. Vic Tafer asked about Chandler Jones, as he said he would when he joined the show yesterday, and there was really no new update on Chandler Jones. But it got me thinking about this week, and it's the final preseason week of the season, and like I mentioned earlier, that the uh, roster cuts come down next week. So I throw the question out there to you. Who is it that you believe needs to have a big week of practice and a final preseason game, game number three, similar to what I think Amik Robertson did in preseason game number four last year where he went out and had a hell of a game and I think really solidified his spot with that performance. I know it wasn't just based off of one game, but I feel like he really, like I said, locked down that spot with that preseason game number four performance that he had. So who do you think or believe needs to have a big week of practice in that final preseason game number three? Who do you believe could be on the roster bubble. And then the other side of that coin, the other side of that conversation, is there a player that you've been seeing maybe in preseason action, maybe you've been hearing about in our training camp reports, maybe you've been reading about in uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal or The Athletic or wherever the case may be, ESPN.com. Is there a player that you've been pleasantly surprised by so far as the Raiders are going about trying to put their put this team together as they go attack the 2023 season. So those are the two questions that I have for you. Uh, Who is a player that you believe needs to have a big week, final preseason game, could even be on the roster bubble? And is there a player that you have been pleasantly surprised by so far? And I'll start right there. I'll start with the player that I've been pleasantly surprised by so far, and that's Curtis Bolton, linebacker Curtis Bolton. And I I, I know I don't want to be a prisoner of the last thing I saw, But, man, the way he was flying around that field, him and Drake Thomas, I'm going to go ahead and combine those two guys. Drake Thomas and Curtis Bolton, I've been very impressed with, especially what we saw from them in that last preseason game against the Rams. Drake Thomas led the team in tackles with 12. And Curtis Bolton looked like he belonged on the field all the time. That guy has been a glorified special teamer and a really good special teamer at that. Like, I'm not just trying to say he's just nobody. But he hasn't been a guy that you look at and he goes on the field and you think, okay, he's going to go out there and make it do what it do. But Curtis Bolton looked every bit the part while he was out there against the Rams. And we know that the linebacking room is a little bit thin right now for the Raiders. And I know a lot of people have said the Raiders need to go out and make a move for a linebacker. And maybe they do. Or maybe they feel like they have just enough depth because a guy like Curtis Bolton could step up and play a role. 
A guy like Luke Masterson could take that next step. A guy that they signed as an undrafted free agent in Drake Thomas, even though undersized, could still play a role. Maybe they feel like that they are right where they need to be with that linebacking room because some guys that we're not talking about are playing a bigger role than we even expect. And then you've got Amari Bernie, who they went and drafted in the sixth round, and he's had flashes here and there, right, that, that he could play that part. But really been impressed with Curtis Bolton. I, I cannot stress that enough, how impressed I've been with what he did and what he was able to put on film on, uh, on Saturday against the Rams. And that goes a long way as well. What you're able to put on film during the preseason goes a long way. Teams are watching. There's other teams that need linebackers too. And maybe someone else noticed on film, hey, man, this Curtis Bolton guy, I thought he was just a special teamer. Hold on, he's got a little something. So if for some reason he weren't to make the team, and I'm not saying he's not going to make the team, but if for some reason he weren't to make the team, there's probably a team out there that says, you know what, we can get that guy, he'll be our core special teamer, but he also can, can play a little bit of linebacker as well if we need be. And I think that that's what the Raiders are going to use him for. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere. I do believe he's a, he's a guy that's going to make the roster. I would be excited if he did make the roster because now I feel somewhat confident that he can go out there and uh, play a role defensively if need be. And I would like to see Drake Thomas continue to develop. There was a lot of buzz around him when the Raiders signed him as an undrafted free agent. The only knock that he had is he was undersized. But if he can go out there and play and and have that intensity that he did on Saturday, that's going to go a long way. As far as guys that I believe need to have a big week and final preseason game number three, and it's interesting and intriguing to me, because I'm not sure who's going to dress out. And I hate to feel like I do this to this young man every year, but I still think Amik Robertson is kind of, kind of that bubble guy, right? I think that he's showed the skills and ability to make plays and be a valuable contributor, but he's also shown the ability to just be almost there or almost make that play. He's that guy that more times than not you see him getting up off the grass and he's slapping his hands together like, damn, almost had it. Almost had it. You don't want to be that guy, the almost there guy. You don't want to be that guy. And I feel like Amik too many times, like that play he should have made on Saturday against the Rams, that should have been a pick six. And he knows it. That's why he did the, damn, almost there. Because he had it and put it on the ground, put it on the turf. I call it grass because it's a football term, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. He could have took that to the house, and I think that would have gone a long way to not only seeing the play, reading the play correctly, but also finishing the play. How many times have the Raiders just not finished? Trayvon Merrick, I go back to his rookie year, didn't finish the play against Washington. Ball was in his hands, put it on the ground, right? Play against Cincinnati in the playoffs. I know his feet were out of bounds. They can't be. He has to know where he's at, recognition, right? It's just you got to be able to finish the play. You can read it. You can know it's coming, but don't go finish the play. I always talk about when I, when I played defensive back at 31 years old, we were, in a, we were in a game one time, and this is another reason why I don't play football. I saw the ball coming. I was in play. I was right in position to go make the play, and I waited for it to come to me. Well, anyone who's worth the salt knows you don't wait for the ball to come to you. Even Ari, who has no athletic bones in his body, could tell you, you don't wait for the ball. You go attack it. Well, what I do? I waited for the ball, and I'm thinking, oh, here's a pick. I'm going the other way. I'm thinking, where's my blockers? Man, that wide receiver must have jumped in that same window, got the ball, took it to the house. Gone. And all I can think about is, yeah, you know what, Q? You're supposed to attack the ball, dummy. But, you know, I was the OG out there. (laughs) So, again, there's a reason why I'm behind the mic and not on the field. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. After that uh, that experience of football, I was like, yeah, what am I doing out here with these young cats, man? I know better than this. But the point is you've got to make – you've got to finish. You can't just read it. You can't just know what you're supposed to do. 
You've got to finish. And too many times, and really I said Trayvon Merrick, I think, and I don't think he's going to play. That's just my gut feeling. I don't think he's going to play on, on Saturday. I'm interested to see what, how this team evaluates him right now. He started off with a slow camp. Then he started to, I think, started to, to ramp up and start to play better. And then he just kind of, I mean, I don't know if he had enough time on the grass to go and make some real plays in preseason games. I want to say he's made a good enough impression to, to, to stick on the roster, but I do feel like he's kind of one of those roster bubble guys. Like if he makes it, it's not, it wasn't a shoe-in. It was, it's not like he was a no-brainer. Like there may be some conversations about, hey, that, are you sure that this guy's all right? Are you sure he's going to be a contributor? I know him and Marcus Epser are, are, are looking pretty good together. Can this dude take that next step? There, there's probably going to be those kind of conversations when it comes to Trayvon Merrick. So those are the guys that I look at. Players that I've been surprised by and, and pleasantly surprised by, Drake Thomas and Curtis Bolton. Guys that I think could be on the roster bubble. I'm looking at Amik Robertson, and I'm looking at Trayvon Merrick, but I feel like Trayvon's going to make it. Again, I mean, you don't just throw away a former second-round pick, right? It's only going into his third year, so I think that they give him another opportunity, but I think he's got to show something. I really feel like this is going to be a big year for Trayvon Merrick. But we'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200 and the WBroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Again, Amber Theo Harris is coming up at 2.30. Sean in Henderson, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Sean? Thank you. Thanks again for all the content. Um, a guy that I think is on the bubble, who's, he plays on roller skates with pillows on his hands, is Matthew Butler. I just think he shouldn't be on the team after cuts. A guy that can slide in and take his place, who's been a pleasant surprise. I've seen him in person in the first game against the Niners is Isaac Rochelle. Mm. I think uh, he's been disruptive the times I've watched him. Um, Amik Robinson, one thing, Robertson, one thing though, I mean, heck, if we don't have him in that Denver game, he gets us rolling with that fumble return, takes it to the house, we win that game. He kept us in that Niners game with a big pick while he was guarding the much bigger Kittle. So yeah. uh, he showed me enough. That, uh, I don't know. I'd have a heart. He's a he's a dog. He's just a little dog. Right. But um, he's the type of guy that, that Max is talking about, like Drake Thomas. Uh, you know, the guys with that nice attitude that make your locker room better. And finally, one final guy that I think is kind of surprising uh, is Dalton Wagner. Maybe he can be the swing tackle for us. And I uh, love his size at six eight. He looks good when he's been in there. Anyway, Q, thanks for the great work. Appreciate you. Have a good day. Hey, Sean, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's the thing with Amik, man. That's why he's frustrating to me because he shows that he's got it. I mean, look, there was only six interceptions last year for the Raiders. He had two of them, right? If he wasn't on the roster, then none of the interceptions that they had would be on the roster because the other two were Jerron Harmon, and then the other two after that were Denzel Perriman. Denzel's in Houston, and Jerron's unemployed right now, right? So, yeah, Amik has shown what he could do. To me, he just doesn't do it consistently enough. And, and again, I don't want to – I, he does have that dog. Just like Sean said, he has that dog in him. I just would like to see it more often. And I'd like to see him, like I said, finish plays more often. There's too many times where he's been so close to having that play and making it for a big play for the Raiders. And, you know, like that, that ball on Saturday. I mean, right there in his hands, that, that should have been a walk-in touchdown. And I know he was thinking that too. That's probably why he put it on the ground, because he was thinking about taking it to the house. And, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the real good ones – they, they complete the catch first. They, they intercept the ball first, then they worry about taking it to the house, right? And so I, I, I like Amik a lot. Don't get me wrong. And, and I told him last year I thought he was on the roster bubble. Like, I admitted it to him. I was like, man, I, I, had, I had had you cut. I, I had basically cut you after that fourth preseason game, even though I felt like you had a really good game. And he was like, oh, that's all right. 
You know, I mean, I was I was straight up about it because I just felt like he's just he's he's hanging around. He shows flashes. He just doesn't show the flashes enough. Matthew Butler, that would be interesting since the Raiders drafted him just last year, right? I would hate to see them look at him and say, yeah, he's not going to cut it, and then boom, move on from that 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 quickly. That just means that that's a bad pick. There's no way you can dance that up, dress it up, make it look good. You know, if there's you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? So if you were to release, if the Raiders end up releasing Matthew Butler after after one season where he really didn't even get any action on the on the grass, and then after one training camp, that's just that's just chalking it up that that was a bad pick. And the, and you know what? Very well could be, right? I mean, every pick's not going to be a great pick. We all know that. So Sean, thank you so much for that uh, that call. I do appreciate you. I uh, got a text from Vegas Pete. He says, it seems crazy that the Raiders are still bringing in guys when they have 90 already. I'm guessing they're going to watch the waiver wire to add linebackers or whoever. When is cut down day? It's August 29th, Vegas Pete. Thanks for the, the text. I appreciate you. And that's the thing about it, man. Even when guys make the 53-man roster, that's that sigh of relief that the players have. Oh, I made the roster for the guys that are on the bubble, right? Like, Devontae's not sweating. He knows what he's doing. You know, guys like that. But the guys that are on the roster bubble, they, they feel good about themselves that they made the roster. But it's the days, the couple days after that, right, they start looking because now teams are releasing this guy. A guy just got released over here. Well, hey, how does this guy fit? Well, I know we kept this guy, but this guy that Cleveland just released actually fits better with what we want to do. Or this guy that the Giants just released is actually a guy that Patrick Graham uh, coached up, and so he would be better on the defensive side of things. Oh, well, you know this guy that the Patriots just released is a guy that Coach McDaniels worked with. Oh, he'd fit here. You know what I mean? So it's really – it's not really said and done, even though it's the, the deadline's the 29th. That's the initial 53-man roster. You know you've made it when you actually make it all the way through and you're ready and you're talking about week one activities because there's still going to be a lot of hustling of the, of the roster up even after the initial 53-man roster is set. So, uh, yeah, they're going to continue to do that, and I think that's what good teams do. They continue to cycle guys in and see what they got, and some guys may only be here a day or two, and then all of a sudden they're, oh, yeah, that, that guy doesn't fit. You know, again, I mentioned uh, Darian, Darian Butler and the fact that he was uh, he was re- not released, but he was put on IR because he he was banged up, and so his season's over already. So there's reasons why they continue to bring guys in. One more quick text, and then we'll take a break. Get to Amber Theo Harris. This one's from Sir Whiskey Ray. What's happening, gentlemen? On this Wednesday afternoon, loving this time of year as rosters are about to be set. As for today's topic, I'm going to have to say that our secondary and linebacker positions need to have a big game versus Dallas. I want to see consistency once again for four quarters. Drake Thomas, I may have my eyes on on uh, Drake Thomas. I have my eyes on Q. I want a top twelve defense this upcoming season. If this happens, I can easily see the Raiders win ten plus games and have a playoff berth. Thanks, Q. Thanks, Ari. I appreciate your time as always. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And the thing about it is, I'm interested to see who all suits up and actually plays on on Saturday against the Cowboys. That's you know kind of like the fourth preseason game, but it's the third preseason game. They don't have that fourth one now, so I'm interested to see who actually is out there. But just consistency from that defense. Go out. You know, you've had created turnovers two games in a row. Go out and create a turnover or two in this game. Just show that all levels of it, starters, second string, third string, whatever the case may be, like there's no let up. If there's no let up, if they're all playing at the same level, that's a good thing moving forward, and that helps out with that defense. I don't know where they're going to be ranked. I don't know where they need to be ranked, but they obviously need to be a whole lot better than they were a year ago. Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you, and you keep that feedback coming at 69187, keyword R&R, at 69187, keyword R&R. Amber Theo Harris, she joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. First day at pads, my technique was all over the place. I haven't been hitting in, you know, four, five, six months, and he showed it, and I got embarrassed. And uh, I think that was definitely my welcome to the NFL moment. Um, from there, I'm just trying to get better, trying to learn from it. I've gotten extremely better just going against Max in practice every single day. He's bringing it. I'm trying to bring it as much as I can, and I know it's going to help me this season and in the long run. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. There you heard Raiders second-round pick, tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, talking about his welcome to the NFL moment going up against Mad Max Crosby. And, you know, those kind of things happen <laughs> when you're a rookie going up against a guy like Max Crosby. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. And joined now on the phone lines by our good friend Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM NFL and the Silver and Black Show. And, Amber, do appreciate you as always with – Training camp and preseason going on. You've been covering the NFL for a long time. Like you said, you're, you're, you're accustomed to it. You know the tricks of the trade for covering camp and preseason. How much do you take away from preseason action when you see a player really do well? Uh, well, first of all, hi, Q. It's always good to be back with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a great question. You know, I don't take much, I think, is my first uh, answer. Um, what I do look for is the way that rookies will rebound from maybe making a mistake or having a bad play. I'll look for temperament and things like that. Um, but if somebody balls out, you know, the way that, you know, a lot of people are talking about, for example, the Monday night football game was just the last preseason game that we saw with the commanders and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, all Sam Howe and the offense looked, looked really good and people are t- – is it called tweeting anymore or is it Xing? I don't even know what it's called. I don't anymore, even but know. Tweeting out. <laughs> I don't even know. But people tweeting out, oh, there's four teams now in the NFC East. You know, look out. And I'm like, they played against the Ravens' second string defense. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't get moved by the preseason very much. I think it's, um, and, and also, we don't even know if co- coaches are game planning. You know, maybe an offense does really well. Um, we don't know how much game planning there is. Some coaches do and some coaches don't. I was just on with Charlie Weiss yesterday, and he did a great job of explaining. You know, some, some guys just want to go out there and, like, run a couple plays. Like, they're looking for different things. They're not looking to win the game. They didn't game plan for that defense. So I don't take a lot out of it. So I ask you that to ask you about a rookie that the Raiders have been showcasing the last couple of games, and that's Aiden O'Connell, and he's looked pretty good. But as a rookie – and who knows what he's going up against as far as defenses against the Niners and the Rams. I don't really know what to expect or what to take away from the, his performances, but I thought that he looked like the moment wasn't too big. What have you thought about Aiden O'Connell? I think he's one of the great stories for the Raiders, and a lot of people are talking about the Raiders now, not because they're 2-0. and It doesn't matter that they're 2-0 and in the preseason um, because they look like they're playing with an inspired pace. Um, especially the defense more so, but going back to, you know, the rookie, uh, going back to Aiden O'Connell, he's one of those stories that people are positive right now. Um, not a lot is expected of him. But look, Jimmy G hasn't played more than 12 games the past two seasons. So there could very well be a point where it might be the Aiden O'Connell show. And I think it's encouraging what we have seen. Now, granted, the Rams are not a deep team at all. He was playing against a lot of rookies 
and that second, third string uh, defensive players that he was playing against. Now, the 49ers, their, their defensive line does have a lot more depth, so I, I would put a little bit more stock in maybe what you saw against the 49ers. Um, but, but still, I think it's encouraging. I don't think people should name him, you know, the second coming of, you know, Rich Gannon, a Super Bowl MVP, he's going to be the next Raider to lead us to the Super Bowl. Right. But I think it shows that we are seeing what some of the makeup. Remember, I went back to, I look for how they, how they're, what are they poised? How do they react? I think we're seeing some of the things that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels saw that made them want to draft him yeah that's that's where I wanted to go was just kind of the fit with Josh McDaniels he doesn't have to be a fit for everybody he just has to be a fit for these guys and it seems like that's the kind of quarterback that a Josh McDaniels would prefer are you you're seeing those traits as well yeah I mean look let me ask you this I know you're doing the interview here but what what kind of quarterback would Josh McDaniels prefer and I'm I'm, that's a rhetorical question he'd prefer Tom Brady right 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 that's where he had his success so, when we say what would he prefer, um, yeah, he prefers somebody that could carry a team like Tom Brady. I mean, that in those Josh McDaniels offenses, he had the greatest of all time mm-hmm. as quarterback. So, we don't really know what a Josh McDaniels, like a Josh McDaniels drafted, born and bred Josh McDaniels quarterback is just yet, right? right. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, but I do know that Josh McDaniels, wants his people that has been very clear since the beginning if you weren't his guy they didn't draft you unless your name's max crosby like they can do without you right look at josh jacobs right you know they can do without him uh or at least that's kind of what it you know the approach he's not in the long-term plans so i'm excited to see okay you guys talked about your plan you want your own people your own people are are coming in now right and aiden o'connell's one of them let's see what they look like it's it's exciting it is. It is. I, I'm trying to, you know, not not get my expectations too high because, well, I think everyone's expectations were so high last year and uh, obviously led to disappointment. So I just kind of want to see it develop in front of me before, you know, I really say, okay, this is what this team is going to be. Because right now it looks good and it sounds good, but it's the preseason and we really don't know. But you you pointed on the defense really kind of flying around and looking like they're playing with the purpose. I'm seeing that in training camp as well. So that's not just a preseason game against backups. That just seems like the, the in training camp they have a they have a purpose out there. It seems like they're they're different than what we saw last season. I think you know having Marcus Peters come over, a winner, a guy that has been in it before, knows mm-hmm. what a winning culture is. Uh, and a veteran leader like that, we didn't have that really last year. I mean, I know that the, the Raiders had Deron Hardman. You know, he's a guy that had won with the Patriots. He was a veteran. But Marcus has that swag, yeah. right? Marcus has got that – he's got that attitude. And sometimes that can be a good thing. <laughs> sometimes it can be him, you know, screaming at John Harbaugh on the sideline. Right. But I do think if you're going to have good defensive packs, they got to have swag. they got to be neon Dion, right? Yep. The greatest yeah. of all time have that kind of attitude, and maybe some of that is running off, and rubbing off on, on the younger guys. I also think it, like, you know, him coming over kind of allows everybody to fall into place. I think, like, Nate Hobbs playing on the inside more is, is a more natural position. Maybe uh, Trayvon Merrick, you know, at safety, you know, is, it feels like he can – When sometimes when you have a leader like that in the secondary, you don't feel like you have to be the guy. Right. You know, you can you can kind of do your thing and fall more into your place and your role. So maybe I, I do think Marcus Peters coming just kind of readjusted or recalibrated the secondary and then added that kind of swag that you need to be a dominant defensive, uh, you know, to be a secondary. 
Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And I, I don't mean to make this sound like a shot at anybody. It's not that. But it feels like, Amber, this team is just has a different identity and a different attitude about itself in general, right, offensively and defensively. They seem to have that I don't give a damn <laughs> type type feeling led by Max Crosby, and I think Marcus Peters backs that up as well. Are you seeing kind of this, the change in, in attitude, maybe even the change in the standard that's that's being exercised in, in practice? Are, are you seeing that while you're, you know, observing and talking to the people you talk to? Yeah, I mean, I obviously see a change in the attitude that, that I mentioned with, with the defense, and I do believe that the we-don't-give-a-damn attitude that you're talking about comes from low expectations. It is so different this year than last year. Last mm-hmm. year, some people had them winning the AFC West. Right. I remember sitting on NFL radio and saying, look, this is a team that can win the, the, NF, uh, the AFC West. Mm-hmm. And this year, if you look at NFL.com's power rankings, their first edition of power rankings, the Raiders are 29th mm. out of 32 teams. Right. And so sometimes that's a good thing. Not only does it put a little chip on your shoulder like, hey, Nobody's expecting us to do anything. Let's prove everybody wrong. It creates that us-against-the-world mentality that winning teams need to have. It, it creates that cohesiveness that winning teams need to have. So maybe it's that a little bit. But also, I think this team knows who they are in the sense that last year seemed like a disaster as far as six wins. They lost nine one-score games. <laughs> nine. Yeah. Right? Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about that. So remember the Vikings from 2021 to last year? They were that team. They lost, I think, like eight or nine one-score games. Then last year, they won 11 one-score games, were a 13-win team, and won the NFC North. So sometimes you're closer than you think. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it just takes maybe that attitude to push you over the edge. So I think it's encouraging that nobody's expecting anything from the Raiders because people are kind of starting to buzz a little bit. They look pretty you, good in the preseason. I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm almost smart because we've been talking about that the last couple of days. I keep saying that, you know, I, I think that it's good that nobody has expectations because, again, when the expectations are sky high, it almost feels like the microscope is so much uh, more on you and you have to go out there and perform. And right now, again, nobody is talking about the Raiders. Everyone's talking about the Jets, and I think that that's okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> go ahead and keep talking about the Jets. Is there anyone that you're looking at that you think needs to have a big performance in this preseason game number three on Saturday? And I don't even know who they're going to play, but anyone that you feel like really needs yeah. to step up? Yeah, I'm not sure who they're going to play, but um, I've just been really watching Zamir White okay, um, because I think that there's a chance that he might have to play and start because mm-hmm. we're not sure what's happening with Josh Jacobs. And his agent told me that they haven't told anybody what they're going to do. So nobody knows. Um, so, Zamir White, when I, the, the one moment, I, I, the training camp moment I had when I was out there for the joint practices with the 49ers, it was just one play where he just went right up the middle. And he just, you know how sometimes, Q, you're, you're scanning the field and you're just kind of trying to take everything in and you see something flash? Yep. And you're like, oh, whoa. It was Zamir. And I was like, whoa. I didn't know he had that. I mean, I knew at Georgia he had power, but I didn't know he had that kind of speed power, like just straight up the middle going right down your throat. And I was like, wow, that was, that was really encouraging. Uh, and that was, you know, that was with the ones. And so I think he's a guy that um, might be called upon, and I would love to see what he can do because um, he, he might have an opportunity in front of him. 
Well, let's end with this. Let's end with Josh Jacobs. As you said, you know, the, the agent hasn't said anything about what they're going to do. No one knows what Josh Jacobs is going to do. If he is going to show up to camp and be ready for week one, when do you think he needs to be in by? What's the latest he can get in by? Man, I mean, time is running out, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know the schedule because you got the you got the game coming up this week, and then yep. what? They have what is it? A couple practices, and then it's it's kind of running out. I, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but that's where I get nervous. You know, it sounds all great. Okay, he's going to show up and sign the tender and be ready for week one. That's not really how it works. You've been covering this this yeah. league a long time. You can work out all you want at home, but once you you need to get into that cadence. You need to get hit by real live dudes. Yeah. You, you know, that's how you get injured. And that's what's scaring me uh, for Josh Jacobs is, you know, I've said along, I'm not uh, all along. And I've said this to his agent. I'm not his mother. I'm not his wife. I'm not his sister. If I was someone that really loved him, I would say, show up. You should have showed up maybe for training camp, midway through training camp. I get, you don't want to tread on your tires, but there could have been a program they worked on to maybe not have so much tread through training camp. Right. And but at least you're there and you're getting in that mentality and you're getting ready and I just hate I've seen it too many times they hold out and then they show up late and they're they're not ready I just was at 49ers camp and I talked to Debo Samuel about a year he called awful last year it wasn't awful in the grand scheme we all know that but for yeah. Debo compared to the year he had in 21 it was down and you know what he said look I had all these distractions with my contract I showed up late to camp. And I was slow and out of shape. He was dead honest about it. I didn't have that step. I didn't have, he's a yak guy. I didn't have that, you know, catch transition, turning up field in that burst because I wasn't ready. So it happens to the best. And I really like Josh Jacobs. I think he's an amazing person. I think he's integral to the, to this team and having success this year. I really wish he would kind of show up and play and also make the $10 million, man. Just come and make it. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, Sitting out isn't going to, you know, sitting out might force the Raiders to not tag you and you become a free agent, you know, next year because they could tag him again. If he shows up in week 11, you know, he would get an accrued year and then they could only tag him one more time. But if he sits out 10 games and they're not going to they're not going to tag him again. So that would be the only strategy, the only advantage to sitting out. And I don't think that is smart, in my opinion, um, because what are you going to get in free agency, even if you force free agency? What are you going to get? We're seeing right. what guys are getting. It's it's not much more than the ten million. So no. I would love to see him show up. I would too. I would too. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. What he is able to do on the field and also off the field. I think he's a hell of a dude. Let me ask you this before we let you go. Let me ask you about this Jonathan Taylor situation real quick. As you covered the league and we just talked about Josh Jacobs, he's an injured running back who's looking for a trade. Apparently, they're saying that they want to know something by Tuesday. That's the Colts. They're saying they want to have a trade partner by Tuesday if. He can go out and find one. What do you think's on the open market for Jonathan Taylor? I mean, look, the only we kind of went through on NFL radio yesterday. We were going through and listing all the teams. I just don't see a lot of teams that need him that have there's you have to have the combination of uh draft picks to give up to trade for him and cap space right now to sign him because that's the whole point. You have to yep. he, you're gonna have to give him an extension. Um, that's why he wants to be traded. There's not many teams in that boat. The only one that we really thought could be out there, and there's always someone that steps up that you're never thinking of, but maybe the Chicago Bears because they've got those picks uh, from the uh, from the Panthers. 
you know, to move up to get Bryce Young. Yep. Um, they're about $12 million, I believe, under the cap space. They're in the top 10 in the league in cap space. And so, you know, and to, to put a guy like that around a young Justin Fields, you know, that just went out and they drafted a, a stud lineman. Uh, they went out and, you know, uh, uh, get him a number, got him a number one receiver. So maybe that's somebody. But other than that, I don't really see somebody coming up with, you know, twelve million dollars a year. I was surprised the Jets gave Dalvin Cook twenty eight million dollars guaranteed. Um, right. That kind of helped the market a little bit for running backs. But I don't know. And then, look, Jonathan Taylor was injured. He still is injured, and the and the Colts are asking for reportedly a number one or something equivalent, kind of like a Christian McCaffrey deal. Nobody's going to give that up. Nobody's no. going to give that up. So I think I think week one he's uh, he's with the Colts and he's got a decision to make. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't see any team giving up the capital and definitely not giving up the money for a guy who's injured right now and missed six games last year because of injuries. So I don't see it. Well, Amber, fantastic stuff as always. You know it's always great to catch up with you. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Um, you just season starting. Uh, Catch the yes. Silver and Black show is coming back uh, uh, on um, Silver and Silver and Black, Black Productions. Also, we'll be doing uh, the Raiders post game game day uh, every single Sunday, so you can catch me, Eric Allen, James Jones, out there getting ready to do some more Raiders. I'm excited. Yeah, no, we are too. Are you in town on Saturday or no? I am not for this game. Okay, I, uh, I'll be back week one. That's when oh. I, that's my report date. It's not until I get my game check do I show up. I heard that. I'm just like John Jacob. <laughs> show up my game check. <laughs> I know that's right. Hey, great stuff, Amber. It's great catching up with you. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Always good, Q. Yes, yes. Amber Theo Harris right there. Great stuff. Sirius XM NFL Silver and Black Show uh, covering the Raiders like a glove. Does a fantastic job, and I definitely encourage you to check out the postgame show with James Jones, Eric Allen, and her. They do a great job, and that's why, look, you see what I was doing? I was about to do some producing on the air, Ari. Right? I was like, hey, are you in town on Saturday? Because I got to do the postgame show. So I was going to say, hey, just go on. If you're going to be in the facility, slide on by the pod, yes. the pod studio and, uh, yeah, be a guest on the postgame show or the pregame show. She can join me anytime she wants it. So that's good stuff right there from Amber Theo Harris. 2.50 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one of the show just like that. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Shout out to Ice-T. Man, hold up. I was about to read some text off the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R. I threw the question out there. Who is it that you believe needs to have a big week in final preseason game number three? Who could potentially be on the roster bubble? And then also, is there a player that you've been pleasantly surprised by so far? I want to read those texts, and we will. But, man, when I hear Ice Team Colors, all I could think of is my boy Nate. I had a homeboy Nate back in the day, and oh Nate didn't have a rhythmic bone in his body. But when he heard that song, Colors, man, he all of a sudden flipped it. Like, he all of a sudden went all the way bruh on you, right? Because <laughs> Nate wasn't a bruh. But when Colors came on, Nate became a bruh. Like, he, he developed some colors. I don't know how, but all of a sudden, you know, he kept walking down the – down the hallway at the high school, I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, king of my, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, whoa, hold up, Nate. And then no matter what other song came on, it didn't matter what song in the history of songs, it's like Nate was all quiet. All quiet. I'm like, what about this song? Nate's like, oh, yeah. But you put on colors, it's a wrap. That and I think um, Jump Around, that was always the easy one, but that was a different level of the game. White folks love that one. 
Jerry said that. Not me. We got winning on the way featuring Ice-T. We'll talk about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.